1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, the Nets had one of the weirdest games that you might ever see in NBA history, and they lost tonight to the Raptors, 123-117. There was a couple crazy events. Jack, I'll let you explain a little bit more. Free KD. <laughs> Free KD. Obviously, Kevin Durant... A few minutes before tip-off, we got an update from Moj and Shams. You know, Kevin Durant was going to be out due to safety protocol for COVID-19. Then midway through the first quarter, we see Kevin Durant come to the bench, and we're like, oh, what's going on here? They let Kevin Durant play in the game, obviously positive for the Nets. They ended up making a run. I think they were down 17 at one point in this game and ended up taking the lead. And then, you know, third quarter, during a review on a play which Kevin Durant was involved, You find out the the call is overturned, and then we see Kevin Durant walk to the locker room, and we get another update from Ojin Shams in the broadcast on ESPN. Kevin Durant has to leave this game due to safety protocol, and it's just kind of ridiculous to the extent in which we saw Kevin Durant play in this game, and then he had to leave. So what? why was he playing in any capacity at all, Jack? I just don't really get it.
2: I'm going to try and stay level-headed during this <laughs> podcast, Nick. I know that's probably not what people want from me right now. In fact, you know what, stuff it. Okay, this is via words. Duran was held out pre-game because of an inconclusive test for someone who he interacted with this afternoon and pulled from the game once that person returned a positive test later. So if he was held out, why was he letting the game in the first place? Like, that makes no sense at all. Like... He he's either te- and and I believe uh, Shams or Woj one of them tweeted out that he tested negative three times today. You know the PCR test, the rapid response test is rapid respon- res- rapid res- responsive tests, whatever it is. So he's either healthy to play and cleared to play, or he's not cleared to play. The health and safety protocols that the Adam Silver and the NBA have enacted, and whatever it is in their dumb list of rules that they have. I'm not arguing against the, the health and safety of the, M, of the NBA players. I've been a massive advocate for that on the outlet, on JBT, on this podcast, you know, when Kevin Durant had to stay out because of health and safety protocols, we understood that. But this is, this is a joke. This is an absolute farce, Nick. It is a blemish for the NBA. And the fact that they want an all-star game to go ahead <laughs> in a city where the virus is running rampage while one of their players... The genuine superstars, like the one of the faces of the league, the man who is leading the votes in the all-star voting is now being held out and is unlikely to play against uh, the Philadelphia 76 is apparently via Woj, they're determining the proximity he had with the person uh, who returned the positive test to determine how long he will have to stay out. We know Kevin Durant has had the virus himself, so he has antibodies. Now, uh, I, I have no idea what's going on, Nick. I'm still wrapping my head around it. I've been quite disengaged from basically ever since Kevin Durant left the game. I've been pretty damn furious with uh, the NBA overall and, and, and how they've handled this situation to go from the strict and stringent nature of what the Orlando bubble was to the absolute inconsistencies and stupidity of what has happened tonight and for the entire season. The Nets, what they experienced with Jonas Valanciunas, the Nets, what they experienced with Seth Curry. It seems to me that the Nets, I mean, a lot of of teams have been unfortunately rampaged by a virus that is continuing to mutate and continuing to spread like goddamn wildfire. And, And everyone who is listening and their families out there, please stay safe. And if you're lucky enough to be able to get the vaccine, please do so. But this is just a Goddamn joke, Nick.
1: Yeah. And I think to make one thing clear is like, we don't care that Kevin Durant had to lead the game. It's the fact that like, if he had to leave the game, then like, why was he playing at all? Like, yeah. you know, you know, we'd rather be safe than sorry. Like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, he was in contact with somebody. Don't let him play the game. But then to let him go out there and you not really know the details and then say later on that you're being cautious and pulling him. If you're being cautious, you would have never let him play in the first place. So it just doesn't make sense. And it's obviously putting other players at risk too, because you're looking at all the guys that played tonight. And I know there's the theory that the NBA has that if you're not within uh, somebody for five minutes, you know, that you can't pass it along. But like, To me, it's like, okay, Kevin Durant was with his teammates, and obviously they're going to interact. They're in the locker room together, and I I would assume that everyone's not wearing masks while they're changing and, like, doing things like that or having a meeting. So it's like, okay, well, what's going on here? And if, like, you're so unsure of all these details, wouldn't it just make sense to postpone the game, like, right beforehand? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we postponed what? Like, there's probably been 25 postponements so far this year, and it's like, okay, we don't really know the details of the situation. Let's play it safe. Let's postpone the game. But instead we just kind of walk on this weird line of like, oh yeah, we want them to play, but now we realize that that's probably not a good idea. It's just like you said, Jack, it's just a joke. Like, where is where are the rules? Where's the structure? Where's the guidelines that actually make sense that you can rely on?
2: They're nowhere to be seen, Nick. It was a nationally televised game on ESPN as well. Are the NBA a slave to their national TV providers? It certainly seems that way. It seems that way that might be the reason why TNT and the NBA want the All-Star game to go ahead. I feel like that's
1: actually the only reason, Jack, not to cut you off. That's
2: literally the only reason, Nick, because we heard LeBron James... You know, criticize uh, the fact that the All-Star Weekend's going ahead. De'Aaron Fox, Joel Embiid as well. And now we've got Kevin Durant as well having... You know, we saw his reaction. You know, he was sort of... You could see... We saw camera and, and video of him sort of sitting on the bench saying like, What am I positive? Did I test positive? What's going on? And then we saw him like fling a water bottle. And it's just like... I'm not going to swear on this podcast, but and I we got
1: fans swear. in the stands, obviously not in Brooklyn, but in other arenas across, across the, the country. And like, this is what's happening. We can't even manage the players correctly, but we're allowing fans in the stands that are getting into uh, arguments with players courtside. Like, i and not to make jokes of it, but it really is kind of crazy. in like how much the NBA is dictated towards money. And I've seen a couple people try to like criticize Kevin Durant for saying free me. And it's like, that is like the funniest thing. Like, he's literally playing in a league where they're breaking all of the CDC guidelines because these guys are getting close to each other for 48 minutes on a basketball court, breathing and sweating, sweating on each other. But you know what? You know Kevin Durant's bad for you know being upset that the NBA just messed around with him tonight.
2: He, he should be mad. Yeah,
1: Kevin Durant has missed 18
2: months of basketball. He was just getting into a groove. He yeah. was rounding into MVP form. He is playing like the Kevin Durant of old. He's playing better than he was in his MVP season. The Brooklyn Nets are on a run. They're playing like one of the best teams in the league. that just come off a big win against the Los Angeles Clippers, and now they're trying to maintain and get some consistency in their defense and their offense and get a little bit. You know. Get some momentum going forward to to get their habits right, and Kevin Durant is leading this team. He is the, the 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 be all and end all to the Brooklyn Nets' chances uh, for the championship ends. season on both ends of the floor. He's so damn important, and to just have this level of miscommunication with a capital M and a capital N at the end of it, it just boggles the mind. Nick, I did like if I was told like, okay, KD, you're good to go. You got your three negative tests, mate. Um, like if one I, I, I would say, I agree with you Nick you know he should have played in the first place um, out of an uh, abundance of caution but if he has had the three negative tests in 24 hours according to Woj I'm um, sorry Shams then what is, what is wrong? like does he have to do another test? like uh, how many tests does it take for him to be like, Okay, you're safe to play, it's fine, you're you don't have the virus in you, you aren't gonna be spreading it to other people on the court or to coaches or whoever else. I just I I, I don't understand it, Nick. I, I really don't and and the the league has to make a statement beyond just a written statement through its uh its reporters in Shams and Woj. It or needs even to-
1: some type of adjustment too.
2: Like, and, and look, okay, no, but Nick, there have been adjustments. Apparently now you can handshake with your feet. You can't swap jerseys like Kyrie tried to with Bam and bio. I,
1: I don't, I I
2: don't know what's going on, Nick. What the hell is going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of crazy, like you said, Jack, and it, and it's just frustrating, and obviously we want to see the players play, and obviously we understand the safety aspects, but it's like, Give us some clean-cut structure like we had in Orlando bubble. And obviously, they're not going to be able to do a bubble at this point in the year. But there's so many things that are just dictated by the money instead of actually probably the safety of the players and the coaches and even the officials out there. So it's just it was just a weird, weird game, strange thing. And like you said, a blemish for the NBA and how they've handled this situation. And I I agree, Jack. I think they need to come out and have a strong statement. You know, maybe Adam Silver should do a press conference. Like, he should deal with the pressure and which has come up from this. And I think if there's any question about somebody being positive for COVID or interacting with somebody, then they have to sit the game. Like that's just is what it is. You know what I mean? Just have that strict guideline of like, Hey, that's what happens. And then also just to, to look back, like we saw all these teams have COVID test positive and then they all were connected to the one team, the Washington wizards early in the season, but somehow that was never able to be figured out by the NBA until, you know, 12 players tested positive.
2: Dude, their contact tracing makes as much sense as Dennis Woodman explaining the <laughs> rebounding on The Last Dance. I, just, I, I Look, they have the resources in place to be able enact some level of protocol that makes sense to the NBA and the fans and the players and the staff and everyone else. But it's so muddled that no one has any idea what's going on. Do they have any idea what's going yeah. on, or are they just adjusting on the fly because we as we alluded to, like it's like, okay, you can't do handshakes, you can't talk to each other, you can't dap each other up. Like what is that in the grand scheme of things? like you mentioned, Especially Nick, when if you have...
1: you're hacking the shit out of people and you're you know intentionally fouling them and you know like let's think about this game tonight. This is probably one of the most physical <laughs> basketball games yeah. you've seen all year, and obviously they called a lot of fouls, they didn't call a lot of fouls. Guys are like essentially, I don't want to say kissing, but they're close enough to kiss. You know what I mean? Like they're breathing on each other's face. Like you're getting sweat of another player on your body in some capacity. Like fluids are being exchanged to some extent, too. So I just really don't understand. And then we're going to come and tell these players like, hey, you guys can bump and grind off for 48 minutes, but no handshakes, no jersey swaps, even though you did it all game.
2: It is idiotic. It it, it it befuddles me in so many ways. I have no idea. I've never understood anything less. Like, it, <laughs> it is it is that stupid and idiotic What Adam Silver. And again, it, is, it has come a long, long way in the span of, what is it, six, seven months since the Orlando bubble situation and what they enacted there. And I, I understand that that was unrealistic to be able to happen again. But there were certainly greater greater p- protocols and, and rules that could have been put in place right now because...
1: Now it's getting suspended, I believe, for a game because they'd miss a test.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and, and we saw like guys were missed, had to re um, re isolate because they went to go pick up takeaway food yep. from from the Uber Eats. And now we're seeing it's just like, okay, you pass your test, but this guy has an inconclusive test. So just go play for like twenty minutes, and then once we find out, we'll let you know, KD. That's just like the but the the amount of risk that they are putting on the players. They are using them, Nick. They are using them as products. And I uh, look. I'm not. To, uh, I might be going somewhat over the top here, and, and look, I probably am. And I, I'm going to. It's probably too many soundbites in this podcast, I need to maybe muzzle myself a little bit. But I, I don't. I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all, Nick. And the fact that the team now is going to be able to be um, able to go to Philadelphia and now play, like you mentioned, wouldn't close contacts to Kevin Durant as well by proxy be his teammates? His coaches, the staff. We already had this situation with the Sixers themselves and Seth Curry and Joel Embiid and the rest of them, and now it's history repeating itself. You know, you do one, you make the mistake once. You know, shame on you. You the uh, whatever George Bush said. You know, yeah, shame on me. Like it's just, oh, so no, many. I agree, slides. Jack, and
1: I'd be wouldn't be surprised if we see later tonight or early tomorrow that hey, you know. X Nets player is not making the trip, or ex Nets, um, you know, a, a, actual Nets player is in quarantine because of, you know, interaction with Kevin Durant or close proximity. Because, like we said, like these guys are teammates, they're interacting, you know, they're talking all the time. I just don't really understand it. But I guess, you know, moving on from there, there was a game I ask I before we get
2: to the game a little bit. What's the solution here? What's the solution for the Nets? What's the solution for the NBA? Like we've got this all star game happening, apparently. What is the solution? You know, we've seen, you know, at the start of the season, you know, that there was a lackadaisical element to it. And now it seems to have gone to an even greater level that it is literally out of control. And I'm trying to maintain a level heading and trying to think about myself, trying to think in objectively about, okay, what needs to happen? You know, we've heard the fact that the NBA needs to, to go on hold. Now, that's just not going to happen because the NBA is a business at the end of the day. The protocols being put in place seem, you know, like a, a band-aid on a broken leg, to say the least. Like, is is there a solution, Nick?
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I think, like, to be honest, I personally don't know enough about the virus scientifically to know, hey, these are the parameters and what you can and cannot do. Obviously, we practice our own social distancing and wear a mask like that, but it's a completely different animal when you're talking about NBA players that have to be on the court together for 48 minutes. And like we talked about, breathing and sweating each other. I really don't know what the solution is at this point. I think there's obviously a risk.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Playing regardless, and I think the NBA knew that going into this. I think the best case scenario is they hope they get through the season, and I think you have to do a postseason bubble because I think our guy Matt Brooks brought this up on uh, Twitter. Like, imagine if this happened in a playoff game. Imagine if this happened to in a finals game. Like, not, not to take away from how important, you know, protocols and everything and safety with COVID-19 is. But, like, what's the point of doing this if we're not getting the actual fullest product? And then everything's kind of got an asterisk next to it.
2: I, uh, yeah, you, you make a good point there, Nick. I, something needs to be done, you know. It-
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Okay,
2: uh, look, we got Kevin Owen, who literally just tweeted now, um, b- breaking uh, on the pod. He said, Yo, at NBA. Your fans aren't dumb. You can't fool them with your whack-ass PR tactics. Hashtag free seven. Dude, this, like, I'm, I'm literally reading it. I, I, I refreshed my timeline, and Kevin Durant tweeted that. Um, dude, this is, I, I kind of, what do you think about Kevin Durant's tactics here? You know, free KD, and then this tweet that we saw literally 42 seconds ago, Nick.
1: Yeah, I think he's applying pressure to the NBA, and that's literally the—this is probably the worst possible scenario for the NBA, because people can come out and say whatever they want, but, like, when one of your faces of the league comes out and criticizes the way in which you've handled this, that's going to, you know, raise some eyebrows, and like you mentioned earlier, LeBron coming out and saying how the All-Star game is stupid. Now, arguably two of the biggest names in basketball are saying, like, hey, like, what are we doing here? Like, we want to play basketball, we want to play in the NBA, but, like— you guys need to get your shit together so we understand and we understand that we're safe and it makes sense to the people. Cause like Kevin Durant said, like the fans aren't stupid. Like we, it's like, we just saw this happen in real time. You know what I mean? It's not like it was a story or reported or something like that. This all happened in front of us on a national broadcast.
2: I look, shout out to Kevin Durant. We don't know what is going on. All of this, like abundance of caution, BS, whatever, like the the wording is happening from the media people behind the scenes. Kevin Durant's level of frustration is mine times a million. And <laughs> I think a lot of people are hearing me have a level of frustration. This is what we're getting from Kevin Durant right now in the moment. He added the NBA, Nicholas. Like, the NBA's got a lot of followers on their Twitter account. Kevin Durant's got quite a few himself. Hashtag Free Seven. Like, <laughs> uh, we're going to get a t shirt out of that somehow. <laughs> Dear Gentry, get on it.
1: Yeah, no, like you said, Jack, it, it's really incredible stuff, and it, it's going to make some waves. Like, tomorrow, there's definitely going to be something's going to have to come of this. You know what I mean? Like, be it an Adam Silver press conference, be it new updates to the protocol. I'm not really sure what it is, but the pressure was applied on the NBA tonight via Kevin Durant. And honestly, like, the the NBA fans as well, and I'm sure the media is going to put some pressure on them too.
2: Yeah, look, this, this could be the turning point. Hopefully, this leads to some... Positive, you know, protocols being put in place that weren't initially, or at least some level of communication and, and consistency that the players, the fans, the staff, everyone sort of knows. Okay, we know what the protocols are, because like uh, during the game, Nick, it was just like, what the hell are the health and safety protocols? I I don't know, and it seems like a player who should who's playing for the NBA should probably know what it is. And uh, look, hopefully we do. Um, I. Kevin, we would like to give Adam Selva the benefit of the doubt, but at this point in time, that he doesn't deserve it, neither does the NBA organization.
1: Well, Jack, I got an update for you. Live breaking news: Kevin Durant <laughs> liked your tweet. Wait, what? What what? Kevin Durant liked
0: my tweet. What?
1: <laughs> what yeah, tweet you're, did you like? So Nets fans, to Kevin Durant with the the meme video of him <laughs> <knocking> on <the laughs> Oh my God! The Kevin Durant liked
0: my tweet. Holy
1: shit! <laughs> <laughs> okay um we have the full bag of jack emotions tonight we have the (laughs) anger we have the pure happiness so dude this is crazy at the end of the day you know this was worth it for (laughs) jacks i'm crying right now man i'm literally crying (laughs) like the best player in the NBA, one of the best
2: players of all time who deserves to be free hashtag Free Seven, ladies and gentlemen um yeah i'll jump in his dms we'll have a chat later uh i'll get the exclusive uh we'll get a a post-game uh exclusive brooklyn buzz for you me and uh katie trey five um uh, Nick, should we should we somehow get to the game?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe we should pull up uh, some press game quotes before press we game do presses. It. Yeah, I'll yeah, get
2: it's... to some Matt Brooks stuff. Um, but Nick, in in terms of is this now, I guess the tipping point? thing, exactly, you know?
1: just don't forget me when you're famous. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Look, I got Spencer Dinwiddie who was going to jump on the buzz a little bit that fell through. Kevin Durant's on like my tweets now. Um, damn, this is, uh, uh, the, the world is, is an insane place right now. And, um, my emotions have, it's a roller coaster, and, you know, a twirly whirly like Pascal Siakam in the post. Um, I don't know what's going on, Nick. Um, give me, give me some quotes. You got nothing for me?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'll pull, some up too while we we're talking about it. But, uh, I, I think like also it's in just to kind of relate it to the game a little bit. I think you could see some of the. Emotion from the Nets players, like realizing that Kevin Durant had to leave the game, like just being upset, seeing like, hey, like, what are we doing here? And we got Matt Brooks saying James Harden is not happy with how things were handled tonight. We have one quote from Matt that he got via James Harden. There's so much going on with the virus. I know what the reasoning is, but I figured that was a week to relax and be with our families. And this is in regards about the All-Star game. I'll see if I can find anything about Kevin Durant. But I think it's also it kind of works out in the sense of like, oh, the NBA just announced the All-Star game this week. And then they just had probably their one of their bigger blemishes of the season in terms of COVID-19.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, James Herbert of uh, Outside the NBA. Uh, this is by James Harden. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, well, if it's contact tracing and we're all in the locker room together, that means there's no game. If he's not going to be able to play, that was my thought process. So we th- we understand why the Nets team came out and and look, they've had a lot of poor first quarters yep. this season. We well, do understand that, but there did seem to be a, a real disengagement and lack of energy that is totally and completely understandable
1: yeah and i think also if you have the idea in your head as a player oh shit KD can't play we just were all literally talking in the locker room okay they're gonna postpone the game and then all of a sudden it's like oh actually you guys have to play it's like your boss calling you and being like hey you don't have to work today you set up plans with your friends you're about to chill there you know eat some food play some video games relax and all of a sudden they're like ah, actually turn it back on we need you in here today and that's pretty much what happened to the nets team
2: Yeah, basically. Uh, You can't expect the team to be like, oh, you know what? You guys actually got to go out there and play. Like, the caution, the the default setting should be postpone the game. Let's do this again. Like, uh, how many games have already been postponed, Nick? Like, it it seems to me that it's, that should have been just an easy decision.
1: Yeah, it really does, especially given that the Nets haven't had any games postponed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Hey, we we were postponing and we're rescheduling a ton of games across the league. Like, Hey, you know, let's, let's make sure we're safe in this situation, especially with all the star players, knowing the Nets play Philadelphia the next night, like let's play it safe here. And then I got another one from Matt Brooks here. Steve Nash says he found the Kevin Durant inc- incident distracting tonight. Hard to focus on the game. You kind of had the same feelings. I can only envision it from a team perspective like, Oh, Hey, our best player can play. Oh, wait, he played 20 minutes. We actually need to take him out of the game. Go do it yourself, guys. And and imagine that
2: as a coach, because your job yeah. is to, you know, engage the players. Go, all right, let, let's out where our mindset needs to be, because I've said this on plenty of podcasts, including The Buzz. Basketball is an incredibly mental sport. A lot of sports and any sort of physical activity requires you to have a level of, of mental engagement that is beyond, you know, many other activities, if not most other activities. So... I, I, I can't imagine what Stephen Nash is going through as a first-time head coach as well. <laughs> yeah. These are the situations that he's being thrust upon him. Um, it is... Uh, Adam Silva has a lot of explaining to do. And look, um, it, it's got to happen sooner rather than later because this is now... The, the Brooklyn Nets are the, one of the faces of the league, one, one of the yep. teams that everyone is focusing on. Are they the getting... most
1: attractive team in the league right now in terms of Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. It's them and the Lakers. Like, if if it were to happen to a worse team, like, it happens to the Wizards, no one gives a shit. Now, that's not to, no disrespect to Wizards fans or whatever, but they don't have the superstar talent. They don't have the attention, the media attention, you know, take after take after take on any national media outlet. If this were to happen to the Lakers, that's the only way it would have been worse, Nick.
1: Yeah, 100%, especially because of the LA fan base. And also, if this happened on Monday, instead of Friday, the NBA is catching a little bit of a break because the news definitely calms down over the weekend. This would be first take undisputed, all those, you know, hot takey shows that run all week like this is all they'd be talking about. So the NBA kind of dodged a bullet there. But um, it's, it's it was like I said, a really, really strange situation and just kind of bring it back a little bit to the game and not to make excuses for the Nets. It's incredibly difficult for Steve Nash thinking, hey, we're going to have one of our only forwards on this roster be able to play tonight, especially in a matchup against, you know, Pascal Siakam and uh, Chris Boucher. Like, they're they're guys that KD's a perfect matchup for, and you have a game plan and what you're going to run with. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of the game, okay, we got to change it. And then all of a sudden, you're able to go back to what you were going to do. It's incredibly hard to adjust on the fly as is. But now imagine doing it with this type of distraction as a first-time head coach. I mean, it, it, I would have been really, really impressive if the Nets were able to find a way to win this game, and they almost did, but just given the circumstances, I, I'm not upset that they lost. That's not really, like, something that I'm, I'm getting mad about tonight.
2: No, the game it pales in significance, Nick. It, yeah. it, it truly does to what's going on.
1: Nick, Kevin right only has 897
2: likes, and I'm one of them. I'm one <laughs> of those 897. How do I screenshot I need to figure out a way to screenshot the like so I can put it on my, and, like, brag like that I'm now, like, kind of Twitter famous.
1: You are on a Mac. I I don't know how to do it on a Mac. On a Windows, I could tell you. I could talk you through it. We'll we'll
2: figure it out after the show. Figure it out after the show. Any more points from... It it seems to me that James Harden's level of frustration is reflective of the Nets and, and, and us as well, Nick.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think... Probably most of the team feels that way. I doubt everyone else is going to talk to the media tonight, but I could envision some guys, you know, letting loose tonight on Twitter, Instagram, especially when their leader, Kevin Durant, does it. You know what I mean? That's kind of like bringing on emotion against the NBA. I'd be intrigued to see what the Nets say, especially, you know, afterwards, if there's something else going on. So that'd be intriguing too.
2: Yeah. uh, Intriguing is uh, one way of putting it, (laughs) I, I guess, Nickman. Look, it's going to be – there needs to be an immediate response to this. And I think you do make a good point that, like, you know, we always hear of the Friday news dump. Um, That's when, like, you know, whenever some organization front office is like – And the Super
1: Bowls this weekend. So that is just the biggest blessing the NBA could ever have in terms of this situation.
2: And, look, uh, this could overshadow it in in a lot of respects. Right now, Twitter is aflame. You know, I'm getting – you know, the – the NBA's best player, the MVP contender, the finals MVP, like and tweets from uh, yours truly. Uh, It's, this is, I I can't, this is the worst case scenario for what we thought could have happened during the season. Literally, you know, you think about the the players, they're like, okay, we want to make sure that the Lakers in the nets, those guys are fully healthy. The only worst case scenario than that, the only worst version of that is what Matt Brooks was alluding to and the fact that this happens in the postseason. So, if you want to be glass half full about an Adam Silva, you're choosing, you know, the guys in the front of Hey, it didn't happen in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then maybe, you know, and in, in, I guess the positive light would be maybe the NBA can learn from the situation, expand going forward and try to have some type of protocols or guidelines like we talked about to make this you know work out a little bit better.
2: Yeah. That's uh that's to say the least Nick. That's to say the least.
1: All right, Jack. I guess we should at least talk about the game for a couple minutes. You mentioned this earlier to start. Obviously, Nets lost tonight, 123-117, a game that they had a real opportunity to win, but they started this game off as probably almost as bad as you really can. You know what I mean? Uh, Toronto started, in the first quarter, I believe they had 17 fast break points and 24 points in the paint, and they scored 34 in general. So they just were really, they were winning every effort category possible, and the Nets didn't make it easier on themselves. I think they committed six turnovers in the first quarter too so to that extent like they already dug themselves in a hole luckily only down 11 after the first but what were your thoughts on the effort and stuff after the first quarter and now we kind of have a better understanding of why
2: yeah look four turnovers in the in less than four minutes to start the game points in in the paint are plenty i think that all of that is just an effort and engagement thing there yep. you know you are not engaged and, and that's fine, yeah. <laughs> completely fine, given what we now know. And to, to respond in the way they did, it's just like you know what we have the superstar talent here. We can sort of turn it on when we want to. And, and, and like the Lakers do defensively, they can go they can go up a notch. The Nets can do that offensively when you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joe Harris, and Jeff Green, who's doing some nice things as well. That's that that's the level that you can go to, and to outscore the the Raptors forty to thirty three really gave them uh, some momentum heading into the third. And look, uh, I think that uh, the game itself uh, is is secondary. But, you know, James Harden, I thought, was uh, really sort of showing leadership. I thought Kyrie Irving, I, what these guys are doing, and it's 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 strange to me that, you know, the only, the, the two plus minors, the two positives and plus minors were Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan.
1: Yeah. Uh, I felt like, honestly, DeAndre was actually not bad in this game. Some of it's because Aaron Baines just, isn't that good anymore. I don't know what's really happening. He hasn't necessarily found his groove in Toronto. I actually kind of wanted to see DJ later in this game. Like I wouldn't have minded seeing him in the fourth quarter just because Toronto was feasting down low And to be honest, like Pascal Siakam could not shoot a three. He turned down about 25 open threes in this game. Like I think playing DJ in that fourth quarter might have helped. And I think it would have helped maybe offensively too a little bit, just given the synergy we've seen with DJ and James Harden on that pick and roll, especially the way they were double teaming him and just giving the, the players an outlet down low. Even Kyrie really struggled in that fourth quarter with double teams.
2: Yeah, I, I thought that their, their box and one really gave a lot of trouble to Kyrie and James, and you know Nick Nurse is a quite a a creative um, defensive coach, and and you know the Nets could learn a thing or two from that yep. in saying that too. So it's a, it's an interesting one, Nick. Uh, the way the good offense will always be good defense, and I thought that the Nets were making the right passes. I thought that there were times where they got bogged down um, and, and weren't making decisions quick enough, but as I alluded to. Nick Woj retweeted Kevin Durant's uh, free seven tweet. Um, Dude, this is uh, the NBA. He's going to get suspended again, man.
1: Uh, He he definitely, I think he'll end up in quarantine. I wonder if they'll suspend him. I think it'd be a really bad look if they did. But just kind of getting back to the game, like you said, with Kyrie and James Harden dealing with that Toronto defense, I just thought the Nets went too small in that fourth quarter. Like Toronto really was doing a good job exposing them. They were forcing the switches, getting Pascal Siakam a matchup on TLC, Landry Shamit, whoever it was. Even James Harden, who's a solid post defender. I think Siakam was starting to just get a little bit more comfortable understanding like, hey, I have the inches I need to get my shot off. And he wasn't really impacted. So I think you talked about, you know, Nick Nurse making some nice adjustments down the stretch. I felt like the Nets obviously didn't. And like we said, we will give them a pass for this game. But that was really a big difference, I think, in that fourth quarter was size and adjustments.
2: Yeah, definitely, and and look, you lose Kevin Durant, that uh, leaves yeah, a especially goal. in this
1: matchup with, like I said, in Siakam and Boucher, uh, like they're they're both guys that are long and lanky, and that KD could easily d up either of them, and rim protection and rebound, and Kevin Durant's a big plus.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You replaced that with TLC, Landry Shamit, Bruce Brown. You know, there were some some positives in in having Bruce Brown out there. I thought he was quite inconsistent. Um, you know, Landry Shamit was good to see him hit his three ball. It seemed to me that that happened after a, a bit of a rev up from from um, the, the superstars on the bench. You know, they had a timeout and it's just like Landry, you got to take these man. And yeah. it's it, it reminded me of Kevin Durant earlier in the season to Joe Harris, shoot it. Um, so look. I I think that it's that was a welcome sign um, to to see Nick. I I don't know what what did you think of that?
1: Yeah, I thought Shamit showed some promise in the three point shot going down. I think that's just going to be a plus to the team. And you kind I think you see some tweeted out something about it really being a boost for the second unit. I think it definitely can. I think Shamit just really has some issues defensively. I know like he does a solid job positioning sometimes, but. In certain situations, it just seems like he's always getting muscled down. Like Kyle Lowry, obviously he's a great player, but was able to just kind of get to the rim and get to his spots against Shaman. And I think that's what's going to be tough. Like given the Nets have so many other defensive liabilities or you know size issues, playing another small guard at certain points, I think it's just going to damage the team to an extent.
2: Uh, Nick kevin Aran has tweeted again. Um, I you might be able to decipher this for me because it might be a pop culture reference that I don't understand.
1: <laughs> but he said this:
2: "Hey, I don't know who the bleep it is. I'm not going to swear. I've done that before. I made it hard for you on previous podcasts. But he did <laughs> say the F word. I don't know who the bleep it is, but you've got to lock in main boosy voice. Um, I don't. Uh, K- Katie's on one, and I'm loving it.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a rapper. Um, kind of like a pop culture guy, but yeah." I- <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious Nick yeah. it's hilarious oh man we're we're getting that full bag of KD tweets that we'll have for the rest of the year tonight he I doesn't wouldn't need surprised. the burners he doesn't yeah. need the burners anymore he's just going on one the rack shots he's, he's <laughs> feeling confident on and off the court right now
2: he, he doesn't miss like yeah. he literally he never misses on the court he ain't missing off the court either yeah Nick no, I mean I wanted, Wait, uh, Jeff, actually
1: to... this was brought up by somebody I just saw on my Twitter feed sure uh, do you think that the game would have been postponed if it wasn't nationally televised? That's That was something
2: that I alluded to a little bit earlier and having some time to stew on it a little bit, Nick, you can't help but be a conspiracy theorist about it. And I'm normally very, very anti-conspiracy theory, especially in today's day and age, and especially as a teacher who educates young people. I don't want to think that way, but I can't help but think that the almighty dollar is the overriding factor in the NBA's decisions. And where is the overwhelming majority... In fact, basically any and all of the NBA's money coming from TV revenue. The yeah. NBA providers, ESPN, TNT, the local TV providers. Look, I wasn't watching ESPN, so I'm watching the Yes Network because they also, uh, the, the Yes Network gave me a, a nice little quote tweet as well. So it's, it's been a good day on my timeline. I will say that. <laughs> Nick. And despite all the chaos of what's going on, um, at least my social media game is on fleek.
1: Yeah, I mean, take advantage of this—these, uh, this dramatic night with all of these ongoing events. That I—I I don't think anything's really going to be solved tonight, Jack. It's like I said, it's a game that we won't forget. And it's not really for things that happen on the court because it was—it was still, a, you know, a solid game out there. where The officiating was really bad for both sides, but like the outside events and the COVID nineteen connection and the fact that like. It also I'm not gonna say it's a blemish on Kevin Durant's resume, but it's like annoying for him in the sense of like, hey, I started the year, I made I scored twenty points in every single game I played. Like he could have had a nice historical season and now he has this weird game that's just like a statistical outlier that not that it's like the biggest of deals, but it's just like another strange element of this game.
2: Yeah, and I mean he was on his way to the sixth man of the year as well, (laughs) man.
1: Yeah. it, It was just it was just so weird for so many non basketball reasons.
2: Yeah, uh, look, and non-basketball reasons are the important reasons right now, Nick. Those are the reasons that matter. Yes, it's Look, we're we're lucky enough to look without basketball, we wouldn't have this platform. But it gives us the outlet to be able to speak about things that are more important. And look, this um, the coronavirus and everything that has happened in the past twelve to eighteen months, you know, are the the real overriding factors of importance. And, and now it is affecting the the things that, that our, our outlets of enjoyment as well. You know, it it always was going to do that, and with but this is probably the biggest effect that it has had. And when it affects the, the game's biggest and best players, we sort of, you know, predicted on the outlet and JBT that you know, before heading into the bubble, look, as long as um, uh, LeBron James and Giannis and Kawhi Leonard, as long as those guys aren't affected, the NBA's, you know the uh, image is going to be fine. But now you've not only got one of the best players, one of the two best players in the league being affected by it. You have him absolutely flaming the organization and the NBA right now. And you have the NBA's biggest reporter co-signing it. Like the NBA It'll is It'll be like interesting
1: it, to see what happens uh, when they ask LeBron about it.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, look, I'm... I'm and LeBron doesn't mince his words either. Uh, that, that's one thing that we can probably say about you know, two of the, the, the league's best superstars in the past, you know, couple of decades. Kevin Ray and LeBron James will speak their mind. They aren't afraid to do that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see. LeBron's probably going to drop something on IG. He's going to drop something on Twitter tonight. Him and KD, you know, they've had that, you know, that backseat Uber thing, which was kind of cool. Um, look, it's going to be fascinating how this all pans out, Nick. And look, I don't really know much about the Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm going to be paying attention to this one.
1: Jack, anything else you want to talk about in regards to tonight's game or anything like that or anything else in the COVID-19 stuff you want to discuss? Uh, look, I think that
2: this game is going to be remembered for anything but the basketball, like you said, Nick. It's going to pale in significance. Yes, you know the Nets uh, lose another one and they're trying to you know really get themselves up to that first seed, You know, challenge Milwaukee, give themselves a bit of a buffer over the Philadelphia 76ers. They're coming up against them. I think that it'll be interesting to see where the the, the nets play tomorrow and it's going to like i said my level of engagement at the this podcast was hard to manage uh, on the game and you know 24 hours later we're going to be having to pay attention and analyzing another game the, and I think the fact that it is such a swift turnaround forces the NBA to have some sort of response beyond the abundance of safety, all that BR, um, yep. not BR, BR. Uh, <laughs> BS and BR into one. BR, yeah, let's call it BR. It's absolute <laughs> BR, Nick. <laughs>
1: Bullshit response. There you go, Jack. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, thanks, Nick. That's all your podcast with me, mate.
1: Uh, like you said, Jack, it, I'm really, um, like I said, like a million times the show, I'm intrigued to see what the reaction is from the league, from the other players in the league, from the other stars. Like, we even saw, I mean, Trey Young kind of approach it in like a, a joking way. I haven't been on Twitter, obviously, I we're recording to the highest extent, so... I'm, I'm interested to see how some of the bigger NBA media heads react and also just former players and current players because, in a way, it kind of directly impacts everybody in the league. Joe
2: Harris on Kevin Durant's situation via Alex Schiffer clearly listening to me uh, rant right now. He has, and we have a telepathic communication. Uh, he said this it's bizarre, it doesn't make any sense. You tell him, Joe.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, another one from Matt Brooks via Joe Harris uh, on KD, he doesn't even have positive tests. So it's like, I think that's what's kind of confusing, too, is like, wh- where are we kind of dictating, like, why someone can play and why can't they play? Like, where where's the determining the factor in that?
2: Yeah, What's the what, what is the line? Like, if you have all of the negative tests. And then obviously, I mean... And this
1: happened the first time too, I believe. I believe he tested negative multiple days in a row and it was just the fact that he had contact with someone that had tested positive. So it's just like... Uh, and Matt Brooks tweeted this too. I've never seen Joe Harris this upset.
2: And look, if that if anything is making Joe Harris upset, it's only going to increase my level of anger and frustration. So Nick, um, look, we might yeah, oh,
1: not... Jeff Green on KD, I don't get it via Matt Brooks as well.
2: I, uh, I, I don't get it either. L- that's what you're going to call this podcast, Nick. I don't get it. Because <laughs> it's, a
1: good, it's a good title. Or,
2: or Free 7. There's a lot of good names out there for this podcast. Um, you know, Free 7, Free KD. Um, I'm going to save you, KD. I got you, my dude. Um, you know, Jump in the DMs, mate. Um, you know, we might be 14 hours away. I'll, I'll jump on a plane. You know, we're allowed flights in Melbourne, but I'll, got, I'll jump on. I'll put on my mask. I'll, I'll save you, my dude. Whatever you need, KD. I got you, my guy
1: yeah I mean it's just a very very bizarre situation as Joe Harris said Jack anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here
2: um basketball was played we talked about basketball for maybe three minutes we're normally really good at analyzing X's and Nick, but this is probably going to go down as a podcast that I will re listen to and go man we've had like a lot of podcasts and look some of them do numbers some of them don't and we sort of remember them it's like yeah the big free agent signings the firings all that sort of stuff and I'm intrigued to see, like, listening back to my rambling and miscommunication and the reaction to Kevin Durant liking the tweet, um, this, this day, this world, this team, this league, it's bizarre to quote Mr. Joey Shaggy Head Buckets.
1: Yeah, I guess to give our listeners one like piece of basketball content for the entire show, I'll, I'll go through every <laughs> single player and I'll just give you like do it, one. Do comment. it, Nick. You
2: do it. You, you got, man, you're, this is where you thrive. You thrive in the objectivity, the X's and O's. This is where you shine. I thrive in the stupidity, the irrationality, the takes.
1: Um, the emotion, so- Jack. That's important. Passion is passion is a, a key to life, Jack. But uh, starting with your boy Joe Harris, I thought Joe Harris played a really good game tonight. 5-8 from three, had um, 19 Points. I thought defensively he held his own. James Harden was solid in this game, able to deal with some of that. Toronto's adjusting defense. I felt like probably should have been a little bit more aggressive. I think this would be a game maybe where I'm asking for more step back threes. I thought DJ played a solid game, got lost a couple times, you know, trying to defend Aaron Baines and pick up that pick and roll. But there are moments where he was actually pretty good. Bruce Brown, like you alluded to earlier, had his hot and cold moments this game. I think Toronto's a team that will exploit playing two non three point shooters when Bruce Brown and DJ were on the floor together. I think the team kind of struggled a little bit. Jeff Green was pretty solid tonight. Missed a couple more shots than normally does, but I think he had a step into a bigger role with Kevin Durant being out. TLC was kind of a blah in this game. I thought defensively they kind of worked him. He couldn't do anything against Pascal Siakam. Kind of reminded me of the bubble. Hit a couple shots. Obviously, Kevin Durant was out there for a little bit. We saw him kind of beat Kevin Durant. Toronto gave him a ton of uh, ton of attention. He still was able to pick up five assists, six rebounds. Landry, Landry Shamit showed a little bit of promise with a three-point shot, but defensively struggled. So if anybody wants more NBA analysis, there'll be more on the next show, unless we get some another crazy, ridiculous night tomorrow, which I can't rule out as a possibility.
2: Uh, look yeah uh, nothing can be ruled out in today's day and age Nick another quote from Joe Harris by the the New York Post Brian Lewis he says that he feels bad for guys that are going to the NBA All-Star game and and, uh, added I don't make these decisions I just work here you (laughs) tell him
1: King tell him Joe Sounds like something you'd hear on The Office.
2: <laughs> I know, man. It's just like that. Sounds like Stanley or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like you said, Jack, this will be one we listen to. We'll think about it again. And there's going to be a lot more connected to this over the next 24 hours. We're recording this. You know, this is about the end at about 11 p.m. Eastern time. So obviously, we we had what we had. But Jack, always a pleasure, even if it's a weird, crazy, emotional night. It's always fun podcasting with you. And big thanks, to everybody, for listening. And catch us on all streaming platforms.
0: Week seven. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist